Well, if you have your Bibles open to Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, Hebrews chapter number 12, excited uh, at the new year, getting ready to kick off tomorrow. And uh, we're in Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, talking about running your race, running your race, understanding that we have a race to run. Where does, when, when does the run start? Hey, the race starts the moment you get saved. Uh, we start this race, this race, this Christian journey. Uh, and, and the finish line isn't until we see Jesus face to face. Whether that be we die or he raptures the church, one way or the other, Jesus Christ himself is at the finish line. And, uh, and there is a race that each one of us needs to run. And we need to be faithful in running the race that he has given to us. Talking about the terrain in this race. The terrain is always changing. Sometimes it's flat. Uh, sometimes in your faith walk, in your faith journey, in this great adventure, uh, it just seems to be flat. Sometimes it's downhill uh, uh, where it seems like everything is just going well. And then there are other times when it's uphill running. And then sometimes you might even find yourself and beach sand trying to make the journey. And it's a struggle. It's constantly changing. That's why we call it the great adventure. And when you talk about this race, this race that each one of us as Christians have to run, it's interesting in the New Testament, this Christian life is referred to in a lot of different ways, but the Apostle Paul always seemed to be that guy that would go back to the sports section. And you say, are you saying that Paul wrote Hebrews? Not saying that, maybe. Uh, uh, but I am saying whoever wrote Hebrews also enjoyed sports just as much as the Apostle Paul. Uh, uh, so, so when you're talking about this race, this journey that we are on, it, it's an interesting race. There's, there's several things about this race that's interesting. Number one, uh, a part of the race, there, there's something about the race uh, that's private. In other, words, in other words, nobody can run your race for you. That God Almighty has a custom-designed track that he has set up just for you to run. So in some ways it's private, but then in other ways it's, it's very much public. In other words, when you're talking about the Christian life, it's a team sport uh, where we are interconnected with one another as a family, as a body. So how well you run affects the overall family when you're talking about running. It's interesting, you know, last night <clears throat> many of us uh, uh, watched a little bit of football and, uh, and not to bring up a sore subject this morning, but I'm just, I'm just saying, listen, you know, it's interesting because, because you have this thing going on uh, these days called opting out, you know, opting out. And so when you look at Florida State last night, Florida State, nobody saw the Florida State team that they saw all year. They didn't, weren't able to reach their full potential last night. Why? Because there were a lot of people opting out and a lot of people got upset because they opted out because, man, they got scholarships and they, their school was paid for and then they opted out. Well, you know, I thought about that and I thought, you know what? Isn't it a shame that the church has so many Christians opting out of the race after their sin debt was paid in full by Jesus Christ, but we're going to opt out because somebody hurt my feelings along the way because I don't want to extend forgiveness to that person because I don't want to love on that person. So I'm just going to stop. I'm going to opt out for a little while. Y'all all right? Be careful when we talk about, why would they opt out? Well, I don't know. Why would a Christian opt out of the race that's been set for them? That's even a greater question. There's a journey. There's a race to run. And God help us be faithful running this race. Hebrews 12, the Bible says in verse number 1 <clears throat> and following, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, when you're talking about this race that's set before us, <clears throat> it's interesting because the Christian life, the Christian race, is not, um, it's not a tiptoe through the tulips. I mean, it's not an easy journey. It's a struggle, and it's a daily decision that all of us have got to make. And are we going to be faithful in running the race, or are we not. And so be careful, though, because a lot of times what happens to people is their expectations go unmet because their expectations are based on something that's not true oftentimes. For example, sometimes we have difficulties that come into our life, and it's like, man, God somehow let me down. And the fact of the matter is God never promised you an easy road. God never promised you you wouldn't have difficulties. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever, whenever you face trials of various kinds. And you know what he says to us? He says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in your weaknesses. You see, that's the God that we serve. It's not that he keeps us from storms, but he walks with us in the midst of storms in life. And so we go through difficulties. When you're talking about a race, <clears throat> interesting looking at this passage of Scripture, because the Bible says this race <clears throat> that's been set for us to run it with endurance, to run this race with endurance. The race, uh, the word for race, interesting word for race, because the word for race is a gom. It's a, it's a Greek word from which we get our word agony. What's the writer saying? What's God saying in his word? God is saying, hey, listen, this journey that you're on as a Christian, as a believer, it's a grueling race. It's difficulty. It'll, it'll challenge you along the way. And most of us in this room, in fact, all of us in this room would be able to give stories of how it is a struggle for us to run this race. Uh, but boy, what a race it is. God, help us to be faithful in the midst of it. When you're talking about a race, there's also a finish line to every race, and the finish line does something for us. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verses 6 through 8, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6 through 8, the Bible says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the Righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. It has a finish line, and when you're talking about this finish line, I'll tell you what it does for us. <clears throat> Number one, it gives direction to the race. Finish line. It gives direction to the race. In other words, could you imagine a race? If we were to line up today and say, hey, let's race, let's race, let's get, let's get down, we're race. And he said, Where, where's the finish line? <laughs> And everybody, the gun goes off and people run all different directions, unaware as to where I'm going. I don't, I don't, where, where am I going? What, what's the target? What am I trying to run for or run to? And so a race has got to have a finish line. And so the finish line for the believer determines every step along the way. 
Why? Because I'm trying to get to the finish line. And so the question's got to be asked. In fact, it's always an interesting question to ask whenever you start asking people these questions. For example, you know, what are your plans? What do you look forward to? Well, I plan on, you know, graduating from school and I'm going to be a doctor, you know, and, 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 and then what? You know, well, well, maybe I'll get married. And then what? Maybe, maybe some children, I don't know. Then what? Uh, travel, retire Monday. Then what? Uh, what are you talking about? Then what? There's more to the story is what I'm saying. In fact, one day you're going to breathe your last breath and you're going to see Jesus Christ face to face. Are you ready for that day? That's the finish line. And let that determine the steps along the way. Else, where do, you go, where do you run? Where do you turn on this journey? And that's why so many people get frustrated on this journey in life is because I'm not running towards any type of finish line. I'm just out here running some race randomly, not having a clue where I am going. And I tell you, that can lead to great, great, great frustration. And you may be here this morning, be a frustrated soul. And the question is, do you have a finish line? Do you know what your finish line is? Because it will determine direction, but it will also determine the determination with which you run. What is waiting for you at the finish line? 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, the Bible says it like this. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse number 24. The Bible says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. <clears throat> so the question that we all have to ask ourselves this morning is, number one, am I running? And number two, how well am I running? It's a new year. It's exciting to think that, man, God Almighty has an amazing plan for you and for me. We are God's workmanship. We're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for the works that he has prepared for us in advance. There is a race to be run by you, and nobody can run it for you. And all of eternity is at stake. So are you running? And how well are you running? The writer of Hebrews writes the whole letter for two purposes. The first purpose was, I want you to understand the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Jesus is better, fill in the blank. His blanks were, Jesus is better than any high priest has ever been. Jesus is better than any sacrifice there's ever been. Jesus is better than. He's the best. He's the best. Because he's the best, number two, I want you to be faithful in the race. Be faithful in the journey. I know it's going to be a struggle, and so right here in this text, he says, I want to give you some things that's going to help you in the struggle. I'm going to give you some things that will help you in the struggle. Number one, he begins with saying, hey, listen, <clears throat> let these stories be a great encouragement to you. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and then he goes on from there. So in verse number one, he's just saying, hey, listen, this is a continuation here of, of, of what I've been saying. And if you back up to Hebrews chapter number 11, and in Hebrews chapter 11, we have what's referred to by some as, as, as faith's hall of fame. In other words, you look back there, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Noah, by faith, Joseph, by faith. And it goes down the list of the faithful saints who went before us. And he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud 
uh, of witnesses. And, and, and here's the key. Sometimes people look at that and think, man, is there some kind of grandstands in heaven, like a heavenly grandstand, uh, where the saints who have passed before are just watching what you're doing? Uh, to which I would say, I, I don't think that's what he's talking about. Uh, uh, and, and, I, and I don't believe that's what he's talking about, because <clears throat> could you imagine, I'd hate to think what Peter would think of my preaching today. <laughs> Or, 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 or maybe Paul, if Paul were watching, don't you think Paul would say, hey, 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 don't make me come down there. <laughs> like he did to the church back in the day. There would be tears in heaven, if that were the case. I think there would be questions, heavenly questions. <clears throat> where is everybody? Where are those who've been washed in the blood? I mean, are they already bored with worship? They're going to be bored. Get here. Where is everybody? Now, I don't believe that we have a heavenly grandstand that's witnessing what's happening here. I believe what he's saying is simply this. These saints' lives are bearing witness to you so that you may be encouraged by them along the way. In other words, let it serve as a testimony to you that it can be done. You can make it, no matter what you're going through. We're talking about ordinary people. A lot of times we look back at the Old Testament and think that these are some supernatural group of people when the fact of the matter is they were just normal, ordinary people like you and like me with struggles just like you and just like me. And in the midst of their struggle, they were able to remain faithful. And he's just simply saying, hey, let their faithfulness encourage you in your journey. Let their story serve as an encouragement to you along the way. And so when you look back at the Old Testament saints, they're speaking to you and to me today. In fact, the Bible says over in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verses 11 and 12, it says it <clears throat> like this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 and 12. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fail. And so he says, listen to their voices as they are crying out to you throughout the corridor of time. For example, Noah would be one that would tell you, hey, listen, you may be ridiculed. You may be left out. It happened to me for 120 years, but my God was faithful. So stand up and keep running. Moses would be one that would declare to me and to, to declare to you, listen, you have an opportunity before you to serve. Don't underestimate yourself. Look to God. He's the one that will enable you to do what he calls you to do. You be faithful and you run. Abraham would speak to us today. Abraham would say, hey, God may have a plan for you like he did for me. He called me to leave my family. He called me to leave my homeland. And he called me to just follow him. I didn't know where I was going to go. But he was good and he was faithful. So you be faithful in the journey. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you've been forgotten. Maybe you feel like you got the short end of the stick, man. Your family's dysfunctional and it's falling apart all around you. And you've been hurt and you've been cut deeply. Joseph would cry out to you and say, hey, listen, God hasn't forgotten about you. He will be faithful. You be faithful to him. Job. <laughs> 
Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of God Almighty. Hey, listen, my Redeemer hasn't died. He's alive. You may be going through a difficult day today, but these saints of old, let their voices, let their stories encourage you. You be faithful to God Almighty. Aren't you thankful today? We have a whole word of God. We can walk back through the word and be encouraged by the stories. But I tell you what we also have is we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can be encouraged by, to be able to be inspired by their faith along the way. What a blessing it is to be able to watch people walking faithfully. That's one of the greatest blessings in my life, man. I've had the privilege of watching my parents. My parents have been married for 63 years. You've got to be old for that to happen. But you got to be faithful. Because it's not all downhill easy running. But their life told me, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it. You be faithful to the end. Faithful to the finish. Many start the race. But fewer finish faithful. Man, I'm so thankful again my dad this morning, I was thinking about him. I have been spending a little bit of time with him lately. But he's actually preaching, leading a church, even this morning, 82 years old. Why? Because there's still air left in my lungs. I have the opportunity and the privilege to keep running. Their lives are telling you and telling me, be faithful. Be faithful. Keep running. And I thought about this text of Scripture and the questions got to be asked of every one of us. I'm thankful for those that have gone before us that we have the privilege and opportunity to follow. But if others followed you, what kind of path are you leading them down? If they, if they were to follow, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Can I say that to others? Am I running? Am I running? Am I running? He goes on from there and he says, not only are the stories, <clears throat> but he says, along the way in this race, there's going to be stumbling blocks along the way. Make sure you avoid the stumbling blocks. Let us also, he says in verse number one, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us and he's just saying hey these encumbrances these weights along the way <clears throat> there are weights that we have and these weights along the way aren't necessarily bad things when you're talking about a race he, he uses this imagery for a reason not for lack of vocabulary but just simply to say hey listen you understand what a race is and if you look at a race and you look at racers that are running a race you know what most of those people dress skimpy that's why i don't run <laughs> most of those people dress skimpy why because i don't want anything hindering me i don't want to be slowed down in the race and so he says these encumbrances. And so these encumbrances aren't, hey, listen, they're not bad things in and of themselves. They're not bad things. In fact, an encumbrance can be a good thing. But when a good thing 
keeps us from the best thing, then it becomes a bad thing. What are you talking about? <clears throat> well, there's any number, number of encumbrances. He doesn't give really specifics on what he's talking about. But I would say over the years, to be able to watch people in the race, there are some encumbrances. Some of them, for example, sometimes the family can become an encumbrance. Jesus said, if you love your father and your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. What's he talking about? He's saying, hey, I want to be first in your life. Follow after me. And there's some people that struggle because if I do that, it's going to let my mommy and daddy down. Sometimes it can be the family. Sometimes it can be friends along the way. Proverbs, you know, the book of Proverbs is full of so many different truths, but in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 20, listen to this one. Proverbs 13, verse number 20. He who walks, listen, with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It does matter who your friends are. Weights could be anything, TV, Facebook, scrolling. Read more Facebook than you do the Word of God. He goes on from there, he says, these, these, these things in your life that serve as stumbling blocks, sometimes they're encumbrances. They're not necessarily sin in and of themselves, but they're keeping you from God's best. And so God, search me and help me see what you see. That's how we're to pray. Search me and show me the encumbrances in my life. It could be any number of things. But then he progresses from there and he says, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. <clears throat> sin easily ensnares because it is appealing to the flesh. And sometimes sin can be fun for a little while. But the consequences are devastating. In fact, the Bible says over in the book of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12, Proverbs 14 and verse number 12, there's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. <clears throat> Understanding that God takes sin seriously, and so should we. We think, oh, it's just not that big of a deal, when the fact of the matter is it is a big deal. It costs Jesus Christ his life. Sin, sin. You will never win in sin as a Christian. You will never win in sin as a Christian. You say, are you coming from Scripture? Proverbs 28, the Bible says in verse number 13. Proverbs 28 and in verse <clears throat> number 13. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. You say, man, I, nobody knows. Oh, God does. God does. He who conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. I am so thankful that that's the God that we serve. He's willing to forgive us of our sin. <clears throat> Question. Do you have any hindrances or sin that's slowing you down in the race? And that's between you and God. That's where, it, that's where it's a private matter. See, this morning, I, I believe the Holy Spirit of God begins to search our hearts in these moments. 
and he lays it on your heart, and you're, you have a decision to make. See, a lot of times what we do is we say, well, it's, it's not worth laying down the encumbrance. It's not worth laying it down. And as a result, you don't run as God intends for you to run. And you miss out on his best. Run with endurance <clears throat> to keep on keeping on. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Why does he say that? <clears throat> because along the way, there's going to be times in life when you just feel like stopping. He says, don't stop. Don't stop. You may be struggling, but don't stop running. Galatians, Paul said in Galatians 6, verse number 9, let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you should reap a harvest if you don't give up. I think a lot of times what happens, people miss out on a harvest because I gave up. I didn't take that next step and forgive a brother or a sister, so I never experienced the harvest time. I didn't go from just being a good person to sharing the gospel, and I missed out on a harvest. He says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you should reap a harvest if you don't give up. Run with endurance this race that's been set before you. Keep on keeping on. Maybe you're here this morning and you have sat down on the track. Get up and keep running. He goes on from there and he says, here you go. Verse number two and verse number three. There's strength that will enable you to do what he's calling you to do. And he says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, when you're talking about a race, your focus is a race, in, in a race is so important. And what happens, two common mistakes that are made on a course when you're running a race are where you fix your focus. <clears throat> Sometimes what happens is they begin to look at the ground. You ever tried to run looking at the ground? That's like focusing on yourself. Bad things happen. I mean, don't go out and try it. I'm just telling you, you don't look at yourself in a race. And a lot of times in this Christian race, we get so fixated on ourself that we stop enjoying the race because we're so focused on the mechanics of the race. You know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> it happens. For example, in baseball, I remember at Chipola, uh, there was this guy that was at Chipola and uh, <clears throat> can't call names because anymore they're out there. Uh, incredibly gifted baseball player. 
I mean, you talking about a perfect physique when it comes to a baseball player. He had everything, all the tools. But he would get up to bat in a game, and he would be so worried about every little mechanic that he couldn't hit a lick. Terrible. And you know what happens to us if we're not careful? In this race, we get so fixated. I messed up. I fell. I got to stay away from there. Hebrews says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus and enjoy the journey along the way. Does that mean you overlook yourself? No, 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 no. There's a time for examination. There's time for examination. While you're in private. <clears throat> but when you're running the race, it's time to run. Keep your eyes from looking at your circumstances. Sometimes we're overwhelmed at our own circumstances, like Peter, and we begin to sink. But I tell you, somewhere else we like to look, to look into the stands. <clears throat> An athlete ought not ever look into the stands. <clears throat> Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Why does he tell us that? Because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He sets the example for us to follow. <clears throat> but he also enables us to follow. Hebrews 4 and verse number 15. Just a few chapters ago in Hebrews 4 and verse number 15. The Bible says it like this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. And Jesus is our example, but he also enables us to do what he calls us to do. Philippians 1 and verse number 6, He who began the good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's going to complete the work in you. He's invested into you. How does he do that? By gifting us with his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit enables us to do what he calls us to do. John 14, verses 6 and 7. John 14, verses number 16 and 17. The Bible says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. He's saying, hey, listen, I'll enable you to do what I call you to do. Life will be journey. The, run, the, the, the race that you run will be difficult at times, but I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So don't opt out, but be faithful to the end. Be faithful to the end. <clears throat> it begins at the moment of salvation. So my question for you this morning is this. Have you begun the race? Man, God has a plan for you. Jesus came so that you might have a life. And he says, an abundant life. An abundant life. A race. A great adventure. Have you started that race? The moment that you say yes to Jesus. Yes, I have sinned. Yes, I believe that Jesus, you came into this world. That you laid down your life on a cross and that you shed your blood for my sin. And I do believe that you conquered death in the grave and are alive today. And I want you to forgive me 
of my sin and be my Lord and Savior because I want to run the race that you've set for me to say yes to Jesus. If you haven't, may this be the day you say yes to Jesus. Let me ask you something, brother or sister. Are you running faithfully? Are you running to win? Are you running to win the race set for you? Maybe God's laid on your heart an encumbrance or a sin. I want to encourage you today to repent, get right, and be faithful.